everybody. Welcome to Securing the Bag. This is a big episode, episode 10. I am here, as always, Jeremy Bajeron with, with my man, co-host, fellow ninja, Ryan Baudouin. What up, dude? Not much, man. How are you? Dude, I'm very well. Uh, again, this may sound like a bit of a broken record, but I'm uh, heading back to Colorado tomorrow. I remember so I'm, I'm, Yeah, so I'm going back to the mountains, going to get barefoot as much as possible and just be in nature again. So that flight happens in the morning. So I'm like giddy excited, just ready to just get back to nature again. So I'm feeling pumped and I'm pumped about today's show and I'm pumped about episode 10. Um, dude, I feel like there's a lot of momentum all around us right now. Dude, I love that you're going back to Colorado. And it's funny that you talk about like getting your feet dirty. Like ever since you told me that part of your morning ritual is to like go outside barefoot, like get your feet to touch the ground. And you even mentioned like some like health benefits of like the, you know, the dirt and the ground and your pores in your feet that open up and stuff like that. Uh, it, think about that all the time. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go get my feet dirty pretty soon. And I'm very excited because I'm going to be, I'm heading towards Colorado in a couple of weeks. I know we're going to miss each other, but I think that it's kind of cool that we're both kind of being called to Colorado right around the same time. Yeah, dude, I'm super stoked about it. Um, I know we're going to, we'll find ways where our paths will cross in the same, in the same city. So that's cool. Oh yeah, because we didn't even see, we told everybody we were going to hang out and then we didn't see each other when I went to Austin. Oh, uh, we skipped over that. Yeah, yeah. It did, it yeah. Just the, the stars didn't align and that's okay. Was, you know, some, yeah. sometimes. It was, but, it was a too bitter for us to talk about at the time. It just still, it still didn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I mean, look, I don't know if people have noticed, but you're, you're wiring in, you're tuning in, Ryan, from your RV, which, you know, I think you've done maybe one episode in the RV or two. This is the I've second one. A, I've done a couple. Oh, this is my second one. Yeah, I hopped yeah. on with uh, Mike Black. I'm, I only got half of that episode in. Um, but yeah, this is my second one. And uh, it's kind of funny because I'm actually in my parents' driveway. I'm not camping right now. And I'm doing that just, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm doing it so that I can sort of start testing the waters and making sure I have everything that I, I, I think I need. So, um, and I've been in here for like three days now. And I want to, I want to say at least three times within the first day, I was like, oh shit, I forgot this. Uh, but since then I haven't really had to go, I've gone there to like hang out, but I haven't gone and like oh, I needed to get X, Y, or Z. I've actually think I've thought of more things that like, I don't think I need this. I think I may have, I may end up making more room for myself, which is kind of cool. Huh. That's cool, dude. So you, so you haven't like, you know, had to go, you know, have mom come out and ask for something or, I mean, it's like, you've said, mom, look, I'm in the RV in the, in the driveway. I mean, well, no, we, we still let me kick do it. My thing. We still kick it. Like I still, I still see them. We have dinner and stuff every night. Um, my brother just had uh, his third baby girl. Uh, and so we went and we saw the baby cool. last night. So I'm still kicking it with them. Um, but it is, I do, I sleep in here every night just so I can kind of get used to sleeping in the camper and yeah. my dogs with me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm here 90% of the day. Okay, dude, I, lo I love how you're like, you're fully in it, you know, because you're going to be on the road, like you said, there's going to be a lot of time in it. So might as well just start acclimating right yeah, now. Absolutely. So, I'm, a, cool, I'm excited. Dude. I'm enjoying it. I'm, well, I'm very excited, though, about our guest today. Yeah, dude. Can you I was tell us a little bit about her? Oh, man, I'm fucking pumped about this human being. Um, so Jolie Dawn is on today's show. This is episode 10, as I mentioned, big day, big milestone for us. And Jolie Dawn is someone that I've known in this lifetime for uh, several years. And I have been witness to her, wow, like massive, just it's like constant growth, constant transformation in her life and her business and her relationships. Like she's literally always like upgrading, upgrading. So Jolie's badass. I want to read just a quick on bio on her because she's, she's really just an amazing human. So Jolie Dawn helps people claim their money freedom. 
and wealth potential by using spiritual tools like unconscious reprogramming, energy healing, karmic disconnection, and hypnosis. She combines the spiritual with strategy and has helped her clients increase their revenue by millions of dollars in the past seven years. She is the founder of the widely loved Dare to Prosper Challenge, which is this massive challenge she does on Facebook and social media. It's a, it's a hypnosis meditation and prosperity activation process. She's had thousands of people across 50 countries participate in this Dare to Prosper Challenge. Um, Jolie is also a not one, not two, not four, not five. She's a six-time Amazon best-selling author. Uh, she's been a writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. She was named one of San Diego's top 30, under 30 entrepreneurs. Um, and she's excited to help people access new parts of their psyche today through a prosperity hypnosis, hypnosis visualization. So that, my friend, is who we have on the show. Jolie, please welcome. You are our honored guest on episode two. Thank you for ten. being here. Oh, in episode 10. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, Jolie. Jolie. Welcome. Hi. Uh, How are you? Oh, so great. So great to be alive. Life is just stretching me in new ways lately, showing up for it. Yeah, for sure. I know we were just talking about um, before we went live officially how you, there's a lot happening in, in your life and your business. I mean, I feel like it's a lot of transition. You're always in growth. You're always expanding. Now you're, that's happening in your business and you're about to go fully nomadic and travel. And so I want to talk about all that. Um, but I know that it's cool how Ryan, who is also in a very similar place, he's literally in his RV. He's setting off to go travel and be nomadic as well. You're, you're doing it. Lots of people are doing it. So I want to talk about that, like, that part often like out of the gate like you're about to launch off what's happening with that are you leaving in the next like month or two do you know where you're going what's that what's happening with the launch off into the nomadic lifestyle some would say this is a crazy time to try to travel the world and i just think it's the best time i think it's the best time so we have our eyes on bali we're just waiting for bali to reopen wow. and i want to be in the first wave of people back on that island. I think it's just going to be an incredible time to see Bali through that light. So that's the plan for now. But it was, it was about four years ago that I set out to start my nomadic adventure. And I was going to start with four months in Austin. And I didn't realize the magical city that was going to just swallow me into its embrace. And of course, I got into a relationship like few months after landing there. So I got swooped into Austin life and it was the best thing ever. And then I was like, all right, I'm leaving Austin and I'm going on my nomadic adventure. I'm going to see the world. Nothing's going to stop me. And my mom got sick and passed away. And I felt like it was time for me to be back home in Southern California, be around my nieces and my brother and handle her funerals and deal with that stuff. And so now is the point where nothing's going to stop me, not even this pandemic, nothing can stop me. I'm going to see the world and I've worked so hard to get my business fully digital and to have everything be able to come with me. And I just feel the world calling me so much. Adventure's just a part of my bones. So I'm doing it. Wow. I love that. I love that you're not gonna let, I mean, there's, it sounds like there's been some, some challenges along the way. I mean, obviously with your mother passing, that's a big, something that you have to uh, be present for. And, and I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I can't imagine losing a parent, especially during this time. Um, but another thing that you mentioned is just like, there's a pandemic happening right now and you're not going to let it stand in the way of, of what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I assume that you're probably, you're going to, you're taking proper precautions to make sure that you're doing it safely, um, which I think everybody should do. But at the same time, like, we, we have a, we have a life to live. Like, let's go, let's go live it. Exactly. Yeah, dude. I love, I love that. I love that. Um, you know, Jolie, when, when I, when I, when I describe you to other people, when people ask like, well, who, what does Jolie do? Like, who is she? And cause you have these best-selling books, you have these coaching programs, all the stuff you do with people in their money mindset. And there's a lot of paradigm shifts happening with people that connect with you. And We've had people on the show, we talked about Taylor, who have gone through your programs, who have just continued to expand in their own brand and, and make massive reach, you know, and you do this all the time with people. 
are you are you continuing to grow that are you shifting anything because you're going nomadic or is the business still i know it's hockey stick growth and a lot of lot happening is that just the focus nothing changes except you're going to be traveling or are you pivoting somewhat in the business now because you're going to be traveling the business goes on as normal we okay. did switch our business model i really do think that there are certain times in everyone's career that's like their lucky break and it's like you're the right place and the market's in the right place and just some magic happens and that was coronavirus for my business it was mm. like i had the right message at the right time we blew it up with this dare to prosper challenge online we immediately onboarded a hundred clients i'm like there's a bunch of growth and customer services coming along with that, but the, the model changed a little bit. I've been launching nonstop and exclusively launching programs for eight years. I've never like stopped launching. It was like launch, launch, program, program, program. And I just now created for the first time my long-term membership community where people, it's like a wow. certification process called Creatrix Coven. Ooh. Basically all the witchy things, Ooh. reading tarot, crystal balls. Wow words as spells, writing our grimoires. So all of this like side hustle passion that I've been into for so many years, women want so bad. My community wants so bad. So we did it, we launched it. And that's a cool change in my business model because you know, multiple five figures is coming in every single month, no matter what I launch it's set. Wow. And that's like, that's such a deep relaxation in my body after being someone who's launched nonstop for so many years. I have so many questions. So yeah, yeah. First, question one is, so talk to, talk to us about the business that you, you run now that you are, uh, I'll just say, talk to us about the business that you run now. Mm -hmm. Let me start. Can I start with a little bit of context? Yes, please. Okay. Please. Yeah, yeah. So I have this really interesting desire, motivation, life destiny to help people get freedom with their money. I realize that this is something in this lifetime that will own you, that will torture you, that is an infliction of so much suffering. Like scarcity is such a mental it's a mental game every single day. And unless you decide to play the game of money, it plays you for your entire life. And I watched my family get played by the money system. And it was in 2008, I was 20 years old when the economic collapse happened in America. And it hit my family really hard. My dad's law firm was over seven figures in debt and it affected his mental health severely. And the whole saga ended in his suicide. And my mom wished her death upon her for almost 10 years until she passed away last year. And so there's just so much there for me around the trauma of money and the pain of money and the suffering of money. And I know what it can do for somebody in their life to break free from that. It's just, it's life-changing. Of course we know money can't buy happiness and you have to come from deep fulfillment and greed is not the answer as we know on this planet, but there is something so real so very real about being able to make it financially in this reality and how that changes your entire world and your relationship with living. It changes your relationship with living, being able to choose to do the things you want to do, go places you want to go, be generous in the places you want to be generous. And so I genuinely wake up every day living my life to help people get free from scarcity. It just matters to me so mm. fucking much. It does. Wow. The money system is so, it's so real. And so, so do, you, do you think that that's like, the, is that the primary, like, do you blame not necessarily money or the money system, but is that the main cause of your father's suicide was money? Oh, 100%. 100%. Wow. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you, A, how do you think that people get there where it's this it's literally this paper and it's this thing that kind of tells us like what we owe what we don't owe what what we have in surplus how do you think it gets to this the system causes so much stress on our bodies to where we go i'm out what mm -hmm. what what do you what are your thoughts there yeah well i i can speak about the way i see it in america i know it's very different on a global scale in different countries and cultures but in america there's just a tremendous amount of pressure tremendous amount of pressure the credit system the debt system the way that you can so easily get into debt i remember the first time i missed a, a or made, made the minimum payment on my credit card and they increased my credit card by fifteen thousand dollars i was like oh okay so this is how this works this is how you very easily get into debt as an entrepreneur 
And I know for my father personally, he had so much pressure in supporting his family. And he looked at all of the pieces of his life and he's like, my son's in college, my daughter's in college. I am the provider of this and I'm worth a lot more dead than I'm alive. So let me do the most altruistic thing here, which is exit. Here's this life insurance policy. Go pay off all this debt. Go get yourself through college. Like I will sacrifice myself so wow. that you can have the things that you want. Wow. That really changes you as a person. It was very life altering to go through at 20 years old when you're trying to make sense of the world as a young woman just entering into college. Like that made my personality. It shifted me forever. Well, it also like, it also immediately made you recognize that like money is something different than I thought it was, right? Like you had to have just had an, a sudden shift of like, oh. Absolutely. Yeah. And then especially with all of the, the reasoning coming out during that time of what actually happened to make the whole market collapse, like a few people pulling the strings on the housing industry, lumping all these mortgages together, being reckless not thinking it through for everybody else causes a huge devastation. I mean, suicide spiked by what, 12% that year or something crazy. And it's, yeah, I, I see what it does to the human psyche. It's a good question you ask me because I see how money can mean so many things. I see the women that I coach in entrepreneurship, the people I coach, I coach men too, but people in entrepreneurship like my, when your worth is tied into your money and you have a bad launch, what that means about yourself and you're only as good as the number in your bank account. That's a very dangerous place to be. It makes you very fragile. It makes you very connected to your worth and your outside circumstances. And that correlation lives, makes you live in a constant pressure. And it's that freedom that I study, studying the unconscious mind, studying the psyche, studying the money system. How do we hack it? How do we get ahead of it? How do we make big change on the planet with it? Because we need resources to change some big systems that existed before we ever came into this planet. Yeah. So, so when did you, so did you start to focus on that, the money, the, like the money mindset and the, and the, and the, and the limiting beliefs and the unconscious programming, the stuff that holds us back? Did you start on that in your twenties and work on that? When did you start to, sh to focus on that and practice it in your own life? And what did you see happening around you? Like what changed for you in money? And then you, obviously you coach a lot of people now, but get us back to the, the genesis of that. So a huge part of my story was um, getting into a relationship with somebody 12 years my senior, very, very successful entrepreneur in my early 20s. And like, okay, I'm going to start this business and talk about like, we are the creators of our reality. I had the Inner Goddess Unleashed Summit that had me win San Diego's top 30 under 30 entrepreneurs because I blew up this huge summit at the largest women's empowerment gathering in San Diego. And I was also in a very cushy financial relationship where I was financially provided for. I was on private planes and islands. I was having dinner with Richard Branson on his island. I was going to wow. the most exclusive masterminds. I was meeting presidents of countries. I was like, I was like the ultimate um, arm candy. Is that what they call it? Arm candy. <laughs> yeah. Ultimate sweet little young blonde arm candy, just like gallivanting around the world, like doing my personal development work on the side. And then wow. I went to a women's retreat and they asked us to set an intention. And I sent it, set an intention with the universe, like a demand. I was like, I will leave this event knowing my truth knowing my sexuality was like, I was having so much, like I was so constricted in my sexuality. I was like about to like, like something was about to explode inside me. And I set this intention, like I will know my truth of who I am. And I left that event and my fiance, who I was with at the time, he surprised broke up with me. I was like, oh shit. Okay, here's the Tesla back. The Tesla Roadster was fun as fuck to drive the BMW, the Mercedes, the multi-million dollar beach house. And like everything that I thought was mine, wasn't mine in an instant. Cause it was never mine. It was always his. And so in that moment, I moved back in, not back in, I moved in with my brother in their spare bedroom with my nieces. And I started building from scratch. And I, that was when I hit like a financial rock bottom. And I was like, I thought that I had all of this wealth in this lifetime and I, I have nothing. I'm starting at 25 from nothing. I felt I was so old. I was like, I'm so late. My friends are in their, their jobs. I'm so late. Um, but in that year, I created a six-figure business. 
And I wanted it more than anything. And I was going to stop at nothing. And because the more for me personally, the more I understood the codes of this reality that with your intention and your free will, you're free to create anything you want here on this earth. Like we really do get to play with the field in any moment. I played with that and I wrote spells and I understood what my gifts were and what my potential was and how I could help people. And I owned my value and I closed high-end contracts and I was, you know, closing five-figure contracts at 25. So that was my story of reclaiming it. And uh, I said to myself when I broke up with him, I was like, damn, I really thought I was going to have this really expensive life. Like I knew I wanted safety financially. I just didn't think I could provide it for myself. When I transitioned out of that relationship, I said, not only will I have everything I had over there, but way beyond, way, way, way beyond because I will have created it. And money that you create for yourself from your passion projects, from doing what you love, from your service, from your destiny, it's a whole different flavor of money. It is so, it's such an enlivening way to live, to live like that and to earn like that. Well, and it must be like, once you get on that path of like learning how to do it, like you, you, when you do get more of it, like you have all of the experience that led you up until that point, right? And it's why people who win the lottery lose it a lot of times very quickly because yeah. they didn't have the, the luxury of building it up and understanding along the way, how did I get to this place? A lot of people just were used to spending. Um, I'm very curious what, whenever you said, Hey, I'm going to start from scratch. I'm going to start building my business up. What business did you start building? I was freelancing. So I basically created a, a product where I would come be your emotional support guide, your psychic visionary, and I would help you build things behind the scenes. So I had an internet marketing background and a copywriting background. And so I helped, um, doctors, healers, bloggers, different types of businesses. Like basically you could hire me to be your, your, co like your business partner. And I would do four hours a week where we would co-work and I would help them build it from scratch and vision it and help them through the emotional blocks. And so I was like a business partner for rent is what I was doing. Wow. <laughs> that is yeah. really cool. I'm like, is that, that could be a thing right now. Like business partner for rent. I like that. Yeah. Um, dang. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, Ryan, something that Jolie talks, it's like, she talks about a lot about the codes. Like she has codes for things that I, I've witnessed in her. Like she has the codes for growing a successful coaching business. Like cheat codes? Like a game? Right. Basically it's like, there's like, there's just like, there's, there's codes to operating in these different realms. And so I've seen Jolie, it's like every time she does a book, it's a bestseller. She's done six of these bestsellers every time. She brings in this content. She brings in the approach. She has all the strategy. She knows the codes to That's launch a bestselling book every single time and knowing that it's going to launch even more things for her. And so, I, I don't know. I just want to acknowledge that, Jolie. It's like something that I've, I've known in you. It's like you, you, know, you see this world in, in I think, lots of different angles and, and perspectives, and you seem to pull on these codes you know, that you know deliver an outcome for you. And it's really cool. It's really cool. You know, I think um, seeing so much loss around me so young, I realized that it's a choice to truly live. It's a choice to live. Like you can be alive, but to be engaged in life and to be pushing yourself and to go for something. Like I don't want to just have a self-published book launch just to like throw it up there and hope my friends buy it. Like I'm going to put a whole marketing machine behind it, which in turn landed me a huge international book deal. I have Eckhart Tolle's book publisher right now is going to change forever the trajectory of my career wow. because I worked my ass off and did my own self-publishing book launch because I got noticed for that. Like people don't realize that you create your own success and you've got to see your own success or else nobody else will. And it took a lot of reprogramming for me to see my worth. It wasn't something I was like born into. It wasn't something I knew about myself. It took me seeing the divinity of my being, the specialness, the soul being incarnate right now, knowing that I'm not going to be here for much longer on this planet. I have handfuls of decades left. That's just a little tiny dot in the line of human history. So while I'm here, I want to have fun. I want to see what this vessel is capable of doing, what this soul is capable of creating. And I truly, genuinely live like that. I think yeah. like that. Yeah, you, yeah you, it's true. Where do you... Um, so let's say, let's say we have people listening right now who 
you know, whether it, whether they want to write their own book or create their own adventure or, you know, they want to take their passion and turn it into something, but they, they just don't know where to start, right? Like you, you obviously had a passion in what you were doing and you probably had a network to reach out to to help you figure some of these things out. But, you know, if somebody has something like that, where, what would be your recommendation of like, Hey, here's step one, go try and do this. Or here's where I would start if I were in the from scratch phase again. Mm, I love this. Thank you. So <laughs> to the listener that's wondering that for yourself, please know right now that you are never too late to start. I don't care if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, wherever you're at right now is the perfect time for you to start that thing. I feel like we have so much judgment. I'm like, oh, it's too late for me. I missed the wave on that. It's like too late for me to build an account on Instagram because that, that whole wave has passed. Like it's never, never, never too late to do the thing that you want to do. So release the judgment that you are anywhere other than you are, or you should be anywhere other than you are right now. And so self-judgment is a really hard place to start in because it'll just continue to prevent you from going anywhere. So step one, release all of the judgment you have about where you are right now. And I would just say curiosity is your best friend, just to know that there's a reason why your soul incarnated in that body with the soul contracts you had in this lifetime, with the parents you were born into, the the world scheme that you were born into, and that there's a magic and a brilliance in there. And if you can see the magic and brilliance in other people, you must trust and know that the gifts that you desire to know about yourself are already there. And so the process of self-awareness, the process of self-awareness will be your best friend because your brilliance is already in the codes of your DNA. It was already written into the script of you. So you don't have to go and do anything to discover that. You don't have to be anybody other than you are. And so writing has always been a hugely spiritual practice for me. It's how I channel the divine. It's how I know exactly when to launch the things that I launch and why I get the timing right so often, why I get pricing right so often is because I'm really connected to the field. And so my whole spiel here on you getting started is that every single day to d discover with childlike curiosity who you are, what's in there, what gifts you have to explore, how you can push your comfort zone. And if you're scared, be happy. That means you found something. Like I'm scared a lot in my business. I know people are like, you're so fearless. I'm like, are you kidding me? This scares the shit out of me all the time. I just don't wait until I'm comfortable to do things. I went hang gliding off the cliffs of Tory Pines yesterday where you literally have to like, Run, 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 run. I had a tandem instructor behind me, which made me a lot still, obviously safer. Still run, 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 run. Jump off the cliffs over the ocean for a parachute to catch you and then like ride the heat waves of this cliff coming off the ocean. I saw Alicia Keys' house, but I was so scared, right? The whole process is they make you go in front of this iPad and like read this legal script. I understand that this is a life-threatening decision I'm about to make and I can cause serious injury or bodily harm. Like, I hope you have insurance. I'm like, I don't have health insurance. Like, ah. But I had to say that. Like, I understand that I could die from doing this. Yeah. And like, run my little body off the cliffs, fly. And it was the best thing ever. It felt so amazing. Like, my stomach was dropping. and look, looking down at the ocean. And then reflecting on it, I'm like, God, it was like so much scarier leading up to the jump than actually yeah. jumping. Because in the moment of jumping, there's nothing other to else to do other than to jump. There is no other choice at that point. There's no reverse and turning back. And that's the same thing in entrepreneurship. That thing that you're so scared of is so not what you think on the other side of it. And the worst case scenario that you keep replaying is not going to be the thing that ends up happening. It never is. Mm -hmm. You can't predict it in that way. And so using, using your imagination in a more creative way to be for your success instead of against yourself. Wow. We really, we really just like, we get in our own heads so often. I think it's even the same thing with like public speaking, right? I know people who just go like, I can't do it. I can't public speak. I'm terrified of it. But you see them public speak because they're forced into it and they're fine, right? It's not that they tremble and shake and they really can't do it. And it's, it's literally like they, they're, they're scared until they get thrown into it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Dude. So, so something else that I want to, I want to touch on too is something I've seen Jolie really, you know, self-care 
is something that I've noticed is like a real priority for Jolie. Like Jolie has a, a spiritual practice. She has routines, she has things that she does. And I've seen how Jolie, you make like taking care of you, like the highest priority. Um, and so I'm wondering if that's something that you have had to cultivate out of being on the other end of, of maybe not doing it, or like, do you feel like you had guide points and stepping stones to kind of make sure you're putting on your mask first? Because I feel like you do it really well and you hold space for so many entrepreneurs. I feel like if you weren't taking care of yourself, like you have your own flow, like you don't start your day till a certain time. Like you have things set up in a very ideal environment, you know, and self-care and things like that. So I want to just, I want to know when that came about. And I also want to hear like, what does it look like today? Like you and your kind of daily, weekly flow, what does self-care look like for you now? Um, and of course, launching off to the traveling component too. Admittedly, I immediately feel guilty. I'm like, oh shit, am I taking care of myself recently? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but there are things I can speak to that. I see my entrepreneur friends having a hard time to make space for fun. And that is something that I'm really grateful that comes really naturally to me is I am an absolute advocate from the fun that I have in my life. And I know like I'm working too much this week. I need the weekend off. I'm going to go play. Like I play a lot. I take my little scooter on adventures I go to Hollywood. I like visited the Playboy mansion the other day in the Hollywood Hills. And then we found an abandoned mansion. I'm like, Piet, we're breaking in. Yes, we are. I don't care if the cops come. I want to see this mansion. And like, I just, I really do keep my like childlike wonder with life. And I create adventures for myself. Like I was just talking to Pia, my partner, the other day. I was like, you know what? We've had nothing but fun this whole coronavirus situation. Like, we played by the rules. We put on our masks. We're, like, doing it safely. But it's been fun. And so I genuinely think the access to my self-care, and I have my rituals, and I meditate, and I'm, uh, you know, into apothecary and herbs and different things like that that I just, like, I love to fine-tune my body in different ways. But I think the way that I need self-care is fun. Like I have to be playing, like going out dancing, all about the balance. I love popping bottles of champagne at the club. I love to celebrate. I love parties. I love birthdays. And I think that people ask me about this often and when I do podcasts, it's like, how do you like have time to have fun? And it's just this thing in my head where I start to Pia will call it squirrely. I'm like, it's Friday. I'm like, I need to have fun. And you're like, where's the moment of fun? And you're like, go greet this. Yeah. And so yeah, I think my rituals are just like knowing what truly makes me happy and prioritizing that and putting that first and not letting work get in the way of me still living like my, my personal life. Cause even though I love what I'm doing, it is still work. I love it, love it, love it. And it is my job. I professionally hold space for people. And so we all need a break from doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, like Ryan, I've seen, like Jolie will be, you know, she used to live in Austin and we've traveled together and like, and Jolie always has something going on with launches and books and, and stuff like that. But I've seen Jolie, you know, can't clear her day because she felt like I need, I need some space, I need some time. And there's a lot happening in and around, you know, you Jolie and I've seen you kind of, okay, I have to pump the brakes. I had a full day, but now I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate this, this fun self-care, you know, moment or day. And, and it's, it's cool. It's cool to witness something I also want to ask you about, which has been really Ryan and I talked about this both offline and some of our, our mutual friends and guests, but something I see you do really well as well is tuning into your, like your body and your yes and your no, like really tuning into like, what is, what is true for me? What is, what is a yes? What is a no? I'd love to just hear your perspective on that and how you use that in your daily life because you're so high powered in the brain. You have so much capacity and leverage inside this brain of yours. And yet you're super connected to your, your body and your spirit and your soul. And so I just want to know about if that's something you've developed, what it looks like now. Also what's happened because you, you do honor yourself in that way. And I just want to just curious about your perspective there. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I imagine that I am somebody with, with pretty good boundaries because I spent so many years not knowing what my true yes was and people pleasing. And I just, 
I realize that there's only so much time in a given week. And if you're going to a birthday party out of obligation and picking your friend up from the airport and hosting because you think that you should, it'll just leave you more drained. And I just, oh, I'm really particular about my time these days with that kind of stuff. And so I say no a lot and I have a lot of boundaries and I'm very clear with my clients about boundaries. I'm like, if you have my personal phone number, you will not use it. Are we clear? And you will not be in my inbox on my Facebook messenger asking about customer service. We have a customer service person with that. And like, here's how not to contact me. And here's why you will drive me fucking insane. And you will not have the leader that you want if you do that to me. And if you're my friend, here's the boundaries and asking me for business advice. Like I'll hook you up all day long. But like, here's the boundaries in that. And I think it's just like, cause I learned myself and I, I really am a generous person. You've seen me, Jeremy, like I overgive a lot and like the first yeah. to want to help people. And I've learned how to say no, because the, it, it's so valuable to me to say yes to other things. Like wherever there's a no, there's another yes. And I just, uh, I just have such a, a desire to have the juiciest, fullest, like most cultivated life that is my creation. And in order to do that, I have to constantly create it for me. Otherwise other people will. Wow. I'm interested in knowing if you, um, so again, I go back to like the listener, right? What is the, what is the listener thinking? Like you have, you have a pretty successful business where you can you can set boundaries because you're the boss, right? Even though the client's kind of the boss, you're still the boss, right? Um, yeah. What about those people who might have like a nine to five job and they need to start setting some boundaries with their manager because the manager mm -hmm. calls them at 7 p.m. at night or on the weekends to do extra work or something like that. And they've kind of maybe, it's like they feel like I'm too, I've already set the pattern. I can't set the boundary now. If you were in that situation, how might you start establishing some boundaries? The, the beautiful thing about language and communication is that there's always a new reality that can be created through a conversation. And it may not be an easy conversation, but people will respect you. And you know, you know the quote, people will respect you as much as you teach them to be. And so it's a conversation. It's a, hey, I've been feeling into some things and I would love to sit down and have coffee or I'll meet you at the conference table and I'd love to talk this with you. Hey, this is how this occurs for me. When you text me on seven, at 7 p.m. at night, my immediate reaction is like, oh, it feels good to feel needed and like I can save the day and this is awesome. But then I realize it actually has an impact on me because I'm not present for dinner with my family. And my wife is not cool when I do that. And my husband's not cool when I do that. And it really impacts the way, way I wake up the next day and the way that I can show up the next day at work. And I realize there's this part of me that always wants to say yes to this, this company, but I realize I will be a better employee and a better, better team member with these boundaries in place and so how can I ask for no 7 p.m. text messages to put out fires mm -hmm. I like the way that you framed it I like the way that you immediately framed it by I'm excited to get those messages like it's not like yeah, I'm yeah. not coming from a negative place of like listen it's too much it's like I like being needed I do get kind of a thrill from like you can I feel like a lot of people, when they have these tough conversations, that's what they make them. They make them tough conversations yeah. that they have to have with, with it. And, and again, anybody on the receiving end of a tough conversation might put up defense walls. Uh, and now you're starting to battle. Whereas it almost sounded like you're like, listen, like we're on the same side. We're both on the same team here. We both want the same thing, which is, productivity and to get the job done and get it done right. I want to make sure that I'm doing as great of a job as I can. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I like, I really like the way you came in and approached it and not from a, I'm going to, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. We're going to battle. I'm on one side of the table. <laughs> you're on the other. Exactly. I know I sounded harsh before when I was like, don't text my phone, but there's a way that I say it. There's a, there's a way I like that, that you I got a little actually... sassy right there. Like, don't text my phone. <laughs> yeah, I have that side for sure. Yeah. Um, but there's a way that I explain it where people get the impact, right? So I actually would say to my clients, like, here's what happens to me when I open my phone and I'm at dinner and a text comes through. Like, my immediate response is like, cool, who needs me? Because like, I want, I 
deeply desire to be needed and to be of value to people in this lifetime. I live for that. I've set my whole life around that. And so to get a text where I'm needed, it's like, cool, I'm back in the game. But then the impact is my quality of life diminishes and I don't have as much creativity and I can't actually be the leader that my clients want me to be if I'm like handling all these small things. So to the listener, it's always everything that you want is available in a conversation, everything and learning communication skills, learning nonviolent communication, learning how to talk to people. It's like, you will get everything that you desire if you can express the impact on somebody else and help, help them feel your humanity. Like, this is how I wake up the next morning and this is how it diminishes my relationship. And this is how I actually don't get nourished by eating because I'm stressed because I'm handling this thing. And like human to human connection, it's like, it's so natural and it's so strong. It's not something you have to do work for. If someone feels an emotion from you and you ask for something, they will be on your team to try to fix that thing for you. Dude, that's huge. That. Yeah, that's, that's like a, we could cut that out and just be, that's like a case study and like how to set a boundary in the most beautiful way. <laughs> and dude, that's awesome. So, okay. Another thing I want to make sure we cover too, because I know you're, you have like other things happening. Um, so as you know, you know, for me and many of our entrepreneurial friends, Jolie, and just friends in general, like plant medicine has been just a powerful part of healing. I know for me, especially in the last couple of years, plant medicine, you know, now we're seeing things like ketamine and psilocybin and DMT. This is in, they're in like clinical trials. This is becoming more and more popular uh, amongst, you know, soldiers and people that have been going to therapy and taking drugs for years, right? And this is something you've known about for years. You and I have been in ceremonies together. I want to hear about what it, what plant medicine and what some of these therapies have meant for you and maybe some of the more recent ones and some of the healing that's happened as a result. Yes. Great. Juicy conversation. So I've always been a seeker and I've always been so curious and I've always been down to be a guinea pig. Like my partner, Misha and I, we were like, we're so curious about ayahuasca. He's like, okay, you go do it first and tell me if you survive. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'm like 24. Um, but I noticed turning 30 and my mom's passing that I had a lot of anxiety accumulating, a lot of anxiety that was like, I was twitchy and it was affecting my sleep and I was waking up with it and I was worrisome. And, you know, I spent oh, nine and a half years wondering any day now, my mom's wishing for her death and she's an addict and an alcoholic. And it was like walking on this like really fine line, like how the fuck do I keep her alive and happy and wanting to be in this world? Like there's just a tremendous amount of pressure that I lived in with that. And my whole thing was like, gonna be expensive as fuck when she gets really sick so I'm gonna make as much money as I possibly can so that I can still have a life when she's really sick because live-in nurses are very expensive that was my thought and thinking so I'm like I'm just gonna sprint at this million dollar business and get there as soon as I can so I can set her up and that really had an impact on me because my nervous system went into overdrive I was like gotta go gotta wake up gotta do this and um you know people comment all the time that I am like uh, balanced in my masculine and feminine energy for a woman. And I so deeply crave to live in my feminine. Like that is my natural essence. I have a very strong masculine. I can handle shit. My credit score is insane. I, I'm like a boss of my reality. <laughs> I'm a boss. I can handle a lot of shit. My capacity is high. But I also really, really deeply crave to live sustainably in my feminine. And so I was noticing this anxiety was like creeping up on me and I was meditating and I was energy healing it and I was tapping it. And I was like, oh, what else is like, what else is there here to re really reset my nervous system? And I have a doctor in LA that's doing so many experimental medicine treatments and she's working with like some of the highest level people. Um, in just technology and medicine. And she was combining this exosome therapy with high dose injectable ketamine. And I was like, sign me up, sign me up. And so she sent a nurse to my house and we did 80 milligrams of injectable ketamine. And I came out of it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have my body back. I have my nervous system back. Like all is well, I'm loved, I'm doing great. It was like this profound sense of okayness that I had been 
craving for and yearning for because like my body had adapted to these patterns. She describes it as like, you're playing a record and you're this, your body gets on this record of this song, wow. plays this song of sadness and you're in the same group and the ketamine like picks it up, moves the needle. Like you get to actually feel relief from yourself. It's a disassociative. So all the patterns that you play around heightened nervous system and like on edge and like, is everything good? Like lots of pressure. It was just like my body just so deeply relaxed. I did six sessions. It was very therapeutic for me. And I mean, it's, it's the secrets out. There's ketamine clinics popping up all over the place or on every, every major city corner in Los Angeles. And it's, it's very, very therapeutic. I'm so grateful to have, have a substance like that, that could bring me back to my true operating self. Yeah, so that's... admittedly, I don't know much about ketamine. I know mm. what I do know about ketamine. I, I like I, when I think of ketamine, A, I don't, I didn't think it was plant medicine. I thought that it was, I don't know, just like any, any It is other. not a plant medicine. Well, it's, Got yeah, it. it's a okay. horse tranquilizer, I think. So, and then that's the other thing. The other thing that I think that I know about ketamine is that uh, it's like an anesthetic, right? Like anesthesia. So like essentially like when I got my wisdom teeth out, I believe that that's like ketamine, right? Like they just, and it whatever. And then you're just like out like a light. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. Cause my one and only experience with ketamine was during surgery to get my wisdom teeth out. And it like the time that I was under didn't exist like I literally like blinked and then, like that was how that was the experience for me is I closed my eyes I opened them surgery was over so what is ketamine uh and then how does how has it kind of helped you and then what was your experience is, do you have that same experience of just like out and back even though you've been out for an hour or is your experience a little different yeah so you're right about it's an anesthetic and they like they were using it in world war two and they were noticing that like if someone broke their leg we needed to reset the bones we can inject with ketamine reset the bones and when this person came back they actually reported feeling better in a lot of ways they reported their ptsd was less they reported their depression was less and so there was some experimentation on it but as with all of these things it kind of got halted and whatever drugs and all of that got such good research got halted and it is a synthetic compound that was created in a lab so it is not a plant medicine but it is unbelievable the way that interacts with the human body and so the doses are very specific you absolutely need medical care while doing this and so you're going to need a registered nurse i mean you need somebody who knows what they're doing you do not want to be injecting anything like this at a party or with friends it is absolutely not meant for that incredibly dangerous if you do it that way you don't want to put yourself through that you need a doctor you need to do this legit you need to be a candidate for it you are not a candidate if you have any kind of heart issues it absolutely can kill you if you have heart issues and so you have to go through you have to be smart about this stuff but if you are a candidate um the way that i did this was it was in my house so i'm in my environment i have this whole nest set up and the dose was very we started off you start to learn your dose until you find the perfect dose and then I had um, sound journey on my ears, no light. And as soon as it gets injected, which hurts because it goes deep into the muscle, when you get over that, there's a like a sinking. So it's like I lay back and I'm like, here I go. <sighs> I was so nervous, by the way. I was so fucking nervous. I was crying. I was like, oh, this is so scary. Wow. Like I was terrified. And then it's like realizing that there's no turning back. I'm doing this thing. Okay, take me under. And then like this lowering, like my body was like, like lowering, lowering, lowering. And then I basically had this experience of bursting into a field of familiarity that kind of reminded me of like a childhood dream slash a daydream at school. Like it's like everywhere I've ever been before in the consciousness field. And my partner was holding space for me and she told me later, she's like, you let out an exhale that was like, unhuman like I didn't even know you had this much air in your lungs to be able wow. to have an exhale like that like it just wow. kept going just and going release. and going like just such a release mm. in the nervous body because nervous system because your body gets free from your consciousness it's disassociative so your consciousness is gone into the ethers and your body has a second to be free of you 
and your patterns and your conscious thinking and all the shit that you put your body through from negative thoughts or whatever, trauma, all the things. And so my body gets to be free of me and gets to go into a deep sense of restoration and relaxation, like deep, deep, deep. And a K-hole is kind of where you, it's like what you do at a party or a rave or whatever, and you're so disassociated that you're not in your body anymore. Your friends cannot wake you up. That is a K-hole. Yeah. My uh, medical team did not describe this as a K-hole because it's like a different type of journey. But as I was journeying, I was like being folded into oneness consciousness. I felt so much love your thoughts it's really hard to make thoughts it kind of takes you on a journey like you don't get to really do much controlling of the journey which is nice and there's no fear no anxiety there's like i don't imagine that anybody in the state i was in could have like a bad trip because it's so you're so in oneness that there is no there's no human fear you're just in the field of oneness and i had certain memories and i could see you know, memories in my body that were kind of like, or my mind that were flashing before me, but it was just, it reset me to realizing how safe I am in this physical reality, how I am like part of oneness consciousness. I am so totally okay. And I'll always be okay. And it just made me trust God and the universe and myself so much. And I came back and I was like, Oh, like, it feels so good to be here. Like so clear, so reset best hack on anxiety I've ever seen or known in my life. And it's just truly, truly, truly a blessing to have a substance created in the lab that can have that kind of effect on your body. And it's been permanent for me. I did six sessions and I am a different person. I'm so much more calm and relaxed and grounded. I started around Christmas. So six months. Wow. And so is it one session a month that you did it or did you do it? uh, We were doing weekly weekly sessions you did six a week six week sessions um there were some weeks that we had a little bit more time lapse but essentially yes wow wow were you were you blindfolded or your eyes were open yeah blindfolded and it's a whole light show yeah yeah well so that so you know i have several friends who have been doing the the mdma therapy as well which is also another big popular one that i'm curious how it compares to the to the ketamine journey because it's blindfolded as well um mm. and Probably yeah, audio too, right? I would yeah it's, it sounds audio. like a similar similar setup but it's got to be different in terms of the two mm. right yeah like you can go to a clinic and they'll do a lower dose injectable and they may put on some spa music i got really lucky i had a very very intentional this woman has healed her severe depression and she cares so much about doing this that she curated this playlist that was like Sound is so distorted. Sound is like another sense. It's not the way that we in this human reality know sound. And it was like taking me on this journey. And there was laughter. Sometimes I would just burst into uncontrollable laughter, tears. Like my body went through whatever I was. Imagine not being in your body and it's laughing about something for a relief. Like I'm not even sure what my body and I realized my body was laughing. Wow. Interesting. I'll be in California before December. I might need to. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that... I have your, I have your girl. Wow. Yes, I may need to, may need to talk to her. Now, I've also heard you a couple of times talk about just kind of in passing, and I've been waiting for the right time to ask about it. But I heard a little bit about witchcraft. I heard a little bit about spells, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm curious of like how, what the background is there. Does it sort of bleed into this? Um, can you unpack that a little for us? Yes. Yes. So I'm a full-blown witch and I come from a lineage of witches. What does that that mean? Yeah, good question. Um, I am connected to the ancient arts of healing and light work and psychic work, channeling, oracle. Um, you know, like I just, I love the witchy ancient tools. And so the witches of the past were healers and midwives and the early chiropractors and medicine women and dentists, like they were healers of every single kind. And they also got answers from the divine and they predicted when it would rain and when to plant different crops and when the men should go to war and getting things like predicting things so they could feel the field of how certain pieces would fit together. 
And so I come from a lineage on my dad's side of early, early Americans being Freemasons all through my dad's history. And the Pinkertons were the first detectives in America. And the Freemasons, while I'm sure that there's so much in my lineage that I still need to heal and be aware of, and that's corrupt and greed. And I'm, I'm a very aware of the rituals of the Freemasons. That's the Freemasonry is all about success rituals. And rituals matter in this time-space reality. A wedding is a ritual to be witnessed in your love, to say the spell of your vows, to say the spell of I do. You're creating something by doing that. Through your opening portals, through your words, you're saying a spell. That's why we call it spelling. Word, the word word came from three mythological witches that were called the Word Sisters, W-Y-R-D. You can look it up. Three sisters that were thought to have control of man's destiny. These sisters were thought to have control of man's destiny. So word was named after them because your word has control over your destiny. And so I study these things because I come from the lineage of it. I've always been really psychically aware. I've always been really able to see things and know things. And I'm studying it still. There's still so much to learn, which is exciting. But I love Oracle. I love mediumship. I love intuitive readings. I use it in helping people craft businesses. I love using my psychic vision for people in that way. And I just launched my first coven. It's called Creatrix Coven. We have um, over 100 women from 40 different countries around the world. It's amazing how these women found me. And they're like, I've always wanted to be in a coven. I'm like, okay. (laughs) My Christian background is still, I'm freaking the fuck out that I have a freaking coven. Um, and that's where I go, right? Like whenever people in, in like in any sort of spiritual background hear witch or warlock or something like that, oh, they yeah. really go into Satanism, which this doesn't sound anything like Satanism. This sounds like just listening to the, to the, to the planet. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? And I'm sure some of the accusations that you've gotten. Mm-hmm. So no accusations yet. I oh, okay, mean, it's still, I'm like still watching my back, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure if I set up my witch shop in the South or something, I would get all the, all the things, sure, but sure. Um, let's see. Salvation is, and has been the biggest business to ever exist on the planet above oil industry, above data industry, above above any industry to sell a connection to the divine is the most profitable business model that has ever existed. Look at, look at the Vatican. So why, why was it so scary for a woman to be a midwife? And why was it so scary for people to have access to herbs that were healing people? Why was it so scary for people to use Manuka honey to heal wounds and, Like there's so much that nature can give us. Why is it so scary to know about astrology? Why is, why is tarot the work of the devil when it's just teaching you about your consciousness and your shadow states? And actually it's just basic personal development. Tarot is basic understanding of human nature and personal development. And um, to, to all the fear and witchcraft, I would say you should be scared. Honestly, we're about to fuck some shit up. We're about to take (laughs) out systems that y'all spent hundreds, thousands of years building. So Honestly, you all should be. Yeah. It, it needs a little disrupting if you ask Dude, me. It's, yeah. I mean, it's something that I, you know, I, I appreciate Jolie. It's like, again, there's so many, so many things that I noticed when I first like met you and connected with you. And, and I mean, I, you know, for our listeners, Jolie is the godmother of my daughter. She was there when Journey was born. She was actually holding a camera when Journey was born. Wow. So I've really, really known Jolie. I've gotten to witness Jolie, but it is something that I really credit to you, Jolie, I don't know if I've stated it publicly, but now is a good time is like, it is that, it is that practice in the magic. It's like me also coming from a, such a similar background, super, you know, Christian, it's gotta be this way. And I, I honor that path and, and nothing against that path. And I really was able to clear the table as I, I've mentioned before and able to look at the magic of possibility and all these different modalities that I see you practicing in and, like the results and the connections and the cool stuff that's happening. And so thank you for doing that because I think even now I'm looking for the magic. I, I see it everywhere and I'm looking for these synchronistic connections and the things like tarot and crystals and plant medicine was like, really don't touch that. Now it's such a big part of healing and a big part of waking up to being really authentic. So 
I love that. I love how you navigate that. Yes. I'm still learning it. I'm still so new in my journey. It's so confronting for me to have a coven with all these women relying on me. I'm like, I'm still learning it in so many ways, but I trust it. And I realize there's a reason that's called me to this work. And it's endlessly fascinating to see the codes of this universe hidden in plain sight. Like how, like spelling, how can you not see that? We are writing spells with our words. Grammar, the word grammar comes from the word grimoire, which is the first type of writing. The first time like man to pen was like putting it in books and, and like engraving in rocks was try to make sense of this reality spiritually. And so grimoire is your book of spells. And that's where the word grammar come, came from was witches grimoire. Like the witches are just hidden in everything and weaved into everything. You mentioned uh, just like your words and how powerful they are. I think that um, we speak, we speak things into existence and so often um, we are the meanest to ourselves and, oh, we, yeah. and we speak the negativity into existence. We mm -hmm. speak the failure into existence. We speak the debt or the money issues or the problems or the can't haves into existence. How often do we say, oh, I can never do this or I can't have oh, yeah. that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that if, if, we, if we shift that, everybody that I know who speaks those things to, into existence, they happen. And everybody I know who speaks positively about themselves and their success and where they're going to go achieves those things. Like it's not a coincidence. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it may not seem like this from listening to me now, but I'm a highly insecure person with a lot of self-doubt and a lot of fear. And it's a con it's a constant thing that I'm like, you're doing great. You're amazing. I write spells in the morning for a reason. Affirmations are spells to build yourself up because you've got to be on your own best team if you want to be successful in this lifetime because it's you alone with your thoughts and truly anything really is possible in this reality when you've got yourself behind it and your will behind it and your belief behind it. That's, that's the greatest thing that we have in this reality to create is our belief in it. And so the way that you build yourself up, the way that you speak about your reality, the way that you speak about yourself when nobody's listening, when it's you alone with your thoughts, those things matter because it really does create the world that you're living in. Will you share one of your affirmations you've written with some of us? Oh my gosh, sure. Let me crack open my journal. Yeah, like right Jolie's got affirmations like everywhere. Like it's on her, on her wall, on her calendar. <laughs> she has some great ones. So the way that I have this here in my journal is I do a lot of um, do a lot of speaking to myself from God's perspective and divine's perspective. Um, so this entry is not really that context, but I, I'm asking something of life. I ask that your divine intelligence be with me now. Please guide me through this week and channel your spirit through my vessel. Who do I need to serve and what wants to be said? And so then your unconscious actually gets to look for that. What wants to be said through me? How is this vessel of light being worked through me? So you're just, also, you're just putting it out there. You're just putting it out there in the universe. And, and you're oh, not, yeah. you, don't, you don't, do you then dwell on any of these things or do you just go about your week and they just present themselves to you? I write often and I check back in on it, but I allow it to happen. Then I surrender it. Um, life, I feel the human need to, to surrender my stress and worry over to you. If you can see the big picture and I can't, I release control. I allow God to move through me right now. Show me the path of grace and I will follow. <laughs> mm -hmm. so There's, I don't know what's more powerful than getting to know yourself than having a journaling writing practice. I think it's one of the greatest technologies of all humankind is learning to read and write and to use language. And we forget what a powerful source that is because it's so common and because it existed before we came here. But we're magicians. We're creating, especially as influencers and as speakers, as leaders, as coaches, we're we're changing human consciousness through our words. So I know there's a lot of leaders Bingo. and influencers that, that listen and that are on this show. And that's the magic that we have in this lifetime. Through our stories, we get to illuminate a different level of consciousness and a different path, which is why I love being here on your podcast and getting to share. It's like someone gets to have a little piece of my consciousness and our consciousness as we have this conversation. 
I love it's it. It's been I illuminating. Love it. I love all of this. Yeah. So tell us, I know we're going to wrap here, but I want to, I want to just give uh, folks who listen, what's the best way for folks to engage with you? Is there upcoming programs or the challenge? Like what's going on where people can start to engage what with you? What if they want to join Shelley? the coven? You know, yeah, like, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, you can check out my coven and read all about it. You can okay. tell me if you like my copy and how a modern coven is written about at creatrixcoven.com. Creatrix is C-R-E-A-T-R-I-X, Creatrix Coven, C-O-V-E-N, <laughs> creatrixcoven.com. And most days I'm chronicling my life through Instagram Live. So if you follow me on Instagram, you get to see behind the journey, you get to meet my partner Pia, you get to see me in action. I'm really just raw and real on Instagram. And that's Jolie Dawn XO, J-O-L-I-E-D-A-W-N-X-O. And then you can always go to my website and see what I'm hosting and when the Dare to Prosper challenges and all of that at JolieDawn.com. Sweet. Wow. Awesome. So one, one, one question as we wrap, I, I like to ask this one is a few that, but this is one that I want to, I want to ask. And Ryan knows it's one of my favorites. Um, what, what would you put on a billboard? Mm. Something sexual just popped into my head. And <laughs> I would say your pleasure is your superpower. Ooh. Maybe like a splashing water emoji. Just keep wow. it juicy. I like it. Your pleasure is a superpower. That's dope. Cool. Well, um, Ryan, this has been episode 10 has been dope. Jolie, thank you. Absolutely. This has been just awesome. Oh man. Um, yeah, I feel like again, like there's people that come on where it, it really everyone that's come on, we want to see what they're doing, like what they get into in another six months or so. So you're another one, Jolie, that like we're gonna follow back up because you're gonna be traveling somewhere, maybe Bali, somewhere in between. But we'd love to just be able to touch base with you again and see what's happening, what's the what magic is unfolding in your life and where the heck are you? And maybe, just maybe, you, me, and Ryan and you and Pia, maybe we can all meet up sometime around the world yeah. in our travels. Cause I know we're gonna travel too. Ryan's setting off. So um, I'm going to just put that in the field that we can do like an in-person catch up. Speak it into existence. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Jolie, so much for taking time. We love you. This has been epic. It's been wonderful to be seen by both of you. Y'all are amazing men creating an amazing podcast here. Thank you to the listeners that hung out with me this whole time. And I appreciate your listening and I appreciate the both of you for doing this. We appreciate you, Jolie. It's awesome. been an incredible uh, chat. Thank you for joining us. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you found anything valuable, please, please, please hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. We'll see you next time.